This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Best Friends Back All Right, the show where two high school best friends try the best friend thing again. I'm Stevie Wynn Levine. And I'm Nagin Homoyfad. And today we're going to be talking about drama. And my drama. I mean the theater. I don't mean the tea. Although maybe there's tea when it comes to me. And this <laughs> is a rhyming episode. You heard it. I'm going to be talking like this the, the whole, whole time. time. <laughs> and specifically <Hi>. drama club. <laughs> drama club. Yes. Thanks for clarifying. Just, Otherwise just, people just, would have tuned right out. Because we got into click, some click, drama pause out. last week. We're you know? always getting into some drama. That's There's true. no... Um, We're losing friends no left and fraud. right. Well, actually, all of theater is fraud. So there was fraud in, mm. in this time period. Mm-hmm. Um, Nagina is still physically approximately three and a half to four feet away from me. Uh, a dangerous distance. <laughs> um, and you're, you've completed your, your work. Could you talk about your work in L.A.? Yeah. And you're leaving in the... I leave tomorrow. Okay. I leave yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, girl, yeah. tell us what you were doing out oh here. Oh, my God. It was really great. I was here filming a short film um, that is part of— And you of, were the camera person. And I was—yeah, I was the grip. <laughs> um, I wish. I wish I was strong enough to do something like that. But no, I was— Emotionally? —one of the protagonists of the short film, which was cool. It's a big, awesome. big role. I'm new, as you know, in, t- in my career as yeah. an actor. I'm like a year yeah, and yeah. a few months in. And um, the film is part of this program called Rising Voices. It's a program that Lena Waithe puts on with Hillman oh Brad. Oh, my God. You know it? Well, the crazy thing is, and I know this, we don't get industry E on the mythical side, but I just had a meeting with Hillman, Hillman Grad Brad yesterday. No way. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. For the people that I interacted with. That, that's huge, dude. It's that's so awesome. Exciting. This program is amazing. Okay. First of all, because, okay, it's Lena Waits, Hillman Grad, plus Indeed, the job, yeah. job search platform. And they started this program last year to identify and fund 10 BIPOC filmmakers cool. to create short films in three months that premiere at Tribeca Film Festival. That is so cool! So it's, um, I mean, it's such a cool, it's such a cool program. They they get $100,000 okay. to produce a short film. So it's usually like 10 Which to 15 minutes Which sounds like a lot of long. money, but then when it comes to production, it's actually yeah, a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. You're right. So they still have to, they have to be really smart about how they spend their money. Yeah. Um, and that plus some funding, separate funding for COVID protocol um, that they uh. have to follow. And it's just this amazing chance for talented people to not only create the work, but then ensure that it's seen. Yeah, but talk about yourself. Okay, sorry. (laughs) I was just really inspired by the program. I love love the promo for the program. But like, what what was the story about? What was your experience? Okay, so there's so many layers of this that are really, for me, like big milestone moments. I play one of the protagonists. Okay. And I play a journalist. Nice. So I get to be a professional. And the story is about a journalist trying to rescue a woman from Afghanistan during the latest. So you're a hero as well. well. You know, that is to be determined by the audience. Uh? I think there are some very interesting layers to this story. But the the script was finalized 
the night before the shoot. Mm-hmm. And so Sounds I right. was freaking out before because all of my scenes, all of my coverage was being shot that Tuesday. Yeah. And Monday night at like eight, I was waiting for the script. I was like, well, I really want to be prepared because, you know, that type A part of me. Was, yeah. Like, well, I, and also uh, like it's one of the first things that you've done. Yeah. If not the first thing in this particular genre, right? It is the in this genre. Commercial work and things. But like, and this, some t- yeah, this yeah. is yeah, this is the first short film not shot by me <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I've done. And yeah, I want it to be really good. And there's going to be so many professionals on set. Yeah. I don't want to be the mis- the weak link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not knowing my lines. Were but- you? Were you the weak link on set? I would like to think that I was one of the strong links. Oh, so um, you're throwing everyone else on set under the bus? No. <laughs> no. I think it was What I'm here strong. to say is what I I'm... went on set and I kicked ass. It didn't and matter when I got the script. Everybody was wondering. I am the best actress. Um, no, the, luck, the nice thing is that once I was on set, you know, every scene, we shot like 11 scenes. Every scene has some amount of setup required. So I ended up having oh, oh, time yeah, to yeah, rehearse yeah. Yeah. right before yeah. we did it or during blocking. And yeah, it just I, I was and I was really nervous at the beginning of the day because I don't know. I was just I was nerves all around. We were all figuring out how to work with each other and how how to how to get what we wanted. But it felt so nice that by the end of it, I totally felt like this person. And that's so cool. It was the feeling that I it was just one of these affirming feelings of I'm doing I'm doing exactly what I should be doing. Yeah. That's awesome. Which was really nice. Which is really um, nice. Yeah. yeah, for our friends listening who are catching up, obviously this is a new career turn for you. So I'm curious what drew you to acting, because I wanna transition into what drew me as a little baby into acting because that it's a it's a switch for us because you weren't involved in in theater and drama no, club all. growing up and I from a young age started doing acting and some terrible singing and so for me I think it was I was such a weird ass and I wanted somewhere to express myself mm-hmm. and um I think I had a lot of energy and I think my parents were just like why don't you put that on stage and so they, away from us? <laughs> so your parents were the ones that gave you the idea initially. I think so. That's cool. Um, That's because really cool. I started acting in like elementary school. Well, I guess okay. So there's a there's a precursor to like theater acting, and I don't think you know this about me. And I recently remembered it about myself. I, I was in a puppet troupe. <laughs> I was in a puppet troupe. Oh, I like where this is going. Yes, through the local library at, like, you know, Guilford College. Yeah. I don't know why, but there was a puppet troupe, and I have no—I think the way I got involved was— you remember those summer reading programs mm-hmm. where you, like—I think it was, like, you collected stickers for each book that you read, but, like, there was something to complete every summer that had to do with reading. I don't know if you did. Yeah. You ever participate? Yeah, in that? I was a big time Benjamin Branch library member, and okay, the summer summer reading challenge was a big deal. Yeah. So, um, and plus they had that um brand new downtown library. Remember when they built that thing? Don't get was, me started about that thing. That so was just nice. like, oof. 
elite. So I spent a lot of time at the library and I thought the library was was really cool. And I think I even volunteered for the library at some point. I, I don't know. I just remember hanging out at the library a lot. Somehow I discovered that there was a puppet troupe and it was in this like back multi-purpose room and it operated like it was like you know a theater group like you would audition you would get cast in something and then you would put on a performance but the performance was for like kids and their parents that were sitting on the floor <laughs> in the room <laughs> and like were these wait were these hand puppets or yes, like they weren't marionettes there was nothing like like okay like cool about it it was literally like a trifold puppet situation where you would yeah you reach your hand up and i don't what's the what's the this is going to sound so ridiculous what's the story where there's a troll under a bridge a three billy goats gruff yeah, something like that i remember i was the troll and it was because um <laughs> well okay so you would play role. you would play multiple parts in these puppet shows because also keep in mind you would have to fit on your knees with at least two other people behind this, like, trifold thing. And you were, like, back there the whole time with these two to three other people trying to, like, switch different puppet hands or whatever. So you played multiple roles. And then we had, like, pieces of the script that were, like, taped to the back. And then, like, the puppets and props and stuff behind us. It was, like, a whole thing. And I bet you it was so terrible. But anyway, I played the troll. And I remember it's because I could, like, do a gravelly voice like um i want to i uh, have to hear it now okay i'm afraid that if i try it i'm gonna go into my elizabeth holmes voice which is pretty good like <laughs> she she talks really deeply like this and this is how like this. elizabeth holmes if there was an elizabeth holmes uh puppet show uh i think <laughs> i would be able to play elizabeth holmes but to go from elizabeth holmes to a troll you gotta you, you I sound a little bit like a New York troll, but I I can't. I'm trying to combine Elizabeth Holmes with a troll. It's and like I think I sounded Elizabeth something Holmes like this. Drank and smoked a lot. This She's would like, be. Only one drop of blood is all it takes for me to, to test everything. <laughs> I see. I, I don't think that's what I sounded like. I think it was a more impressive troll voice, but I think my trolls just transitioned to uh, Elizabeth Holmes, and I think it's for the best. I mean, best. this is also pre-pubescent puppet yeah. work, though, right? So your yeah. voice was totally different. It was different. before my voice had dropped, really. Um, <laughs> oh, I like that. The hand puppets. Yeah. So, so post-puppet troupe, I I remember the next like play the 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 first piece of theater I can recall being in was also in elementary school and it was a a play that like a random ass teacher at my school had written which was probably fucking terrible like that oh, right. just think about that yeah. think about that for a moment mm-hmm. some random ass teacher at my school was like you know what I'm going to do write a play. I'm going to write a play. And then these children are going to perform it in front of an audience of people. It had to be terrible. There's right. no world in which that was a good play. But it's the most forgiving audience. Sure. It's like the one of the elementary school. Yeah. <laughs> so smart. Smart on her job. But the thing about that play that I remember, and I don't remember, it was like some kind of Jewish holiday play, as you know. I, of course it was. Was that I was the, I was cast as the narrator 
which at the time... That makes so much sense. Yes. That is exactly what yes. you do yes. now. And that's, yeah, that's what I wanted to say is that like now that makes a lot of sense. But back then I was like, that's the boring role. But now I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? No, that's the producer's role. The narrator takes people through the whole story. Yes. They really trusted me to tell the story. It wasn't that I was bad at acting. No, 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 no please. I mean, it wasn't that I was bad right at singing. I, no, <laughs> of course not. It was that I was so good at narrating right. that that's what they had me do. And that's when a star was Born right you know in that what? moment. Not only that, you must have been a good reader. Yeah. And again, well, the last episode am, we covered, I couldn't read, but in reality, I'm very good at reading. I'm very proud of I this. read yeah. so hard and I read so hard as that narrator. I narrated the shit out of that Purim play or whatever <laughs> the holiday that was. And I'm sure everyone left that theater thinking to themselves, it wasn't a theater, it was a multi-purpose room. Yes. You know, she, one day, she's going to narrate something big. That's she's going to narrate the, the the most watched daily show on the internet. Wow. Is what they were thinking. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. So how did you then transition? And they predicted the internet, is what I'm saying, <laughs> is the audience predicted that the internet was going to exist. How did you transition from voice work to it was stage work. <laughs> to be clear, I was on stage voicing. It wasn't oh. an off. It wasn't an off stage thing. Okay, they didn't put me in a corner. <laughs> they weren't like, you know what, Stephanie, you go sit in the corner. Or my my Hebrew Nobody name puts is baby interesting. In the corner. Shulamit. Shulamit. Yeah. Nice. Beautiful. Um, Shulamit. Shut the fuck up. They called you by your Hebrew name in uh Hebrew class and okay. like religion, like Torah. Okay. Class. Okay. Um, Hebrew class in Hebrew PE. class. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see 45 second miles, Um. Anyway, so I moved on from my illustrious career as the narrator in the elementary school play. And I started doing stuff with Greensboro Children's Theater, which was like the the city-led theater in, in town. And uh, the first play that I ever did I was in fifth grade. It was uh, Alice in Wonderland. I played the Dormouse, uh, which was the mouse <laughs> at the Mad Hatter situation. I believe that was the youngest you could be would, is like fifth grade. So okay. it was like 11-ish. So I was the youngest in the cast and everybody else was older than me. And I remember being treated like the baby of the cast, which was really nice. Everything that I had to do was a comedic, like, mm-hmm. baby thing. So it was really nice. Were you, like, crawling around on the stage? I was hopping up and down on my chair and on the table. And I had these really cool – they went with this, like, weird vintage look for all the costuming. So I had these, like, plaid bell-bottom pants. And I had a polka-dotted shirt, a plaid vest, and a blazer, and a bow tie. I mean, if that's not me – I don't know what that it is. That sounds perfect. I do believe I was uh, allowed to help pick out my outfit as well. <laughs> sounds like something Scott like, would wear. <laughs> How about this dress? I was like, no. Um, so I have here the official poster of Alice in Wonderland. Oh, we were also oh. in the newspaper. I wow. got to be in the newspaper next to Alice and the Mad Hatter, and it was just me. I had a plastic mouse nose that went over my nose with the whiskers and yeah, stuff yeah. on, and uh, and being in the paper was very cool. Look at this really oh. nice thing somebody said. I'm noticing there's a phone number on the back of that <laughs> as well. Stephanie, you are a bundle of talent. Keep auditioning and keep experiencing as much as you can, and you'll do great. 
That's some really good advice. Well, I like this entry. Not entry. This signature, (laughs) it says. Oh, my God. That's my phone number on the back of the poster. What? I'm... Don't understand. <laughs> like, I'm racking my brain yeah. for why your cell phone number would be on the back of a poster from 1998. And, and you've had this cell phone number since ninth forever. grade, I think. Yeah. I feel like this is the beginning of one of these. An unsolved um, mystery. Yeah, yeah. One of these, like, you're going to do a deep podcast I mystery episode. I don't understand. That's freaking weird. And I don't even, that's not even really my handwriting. And it's definitely Is that not your mine. handwriting? No, it's not mine either. Interesting. Well, moving on. I'm confused. <laughs> I'll move on to the, to what I was going to read, uh, which is, Steph, you did great, Chica. Never stop being cold to the male folk. Oh. I don't know what that's in reference to, but it sounds like me. It'll do you good. I hope to get to work with you again. This is from the Queen of Hearts. Oh, yeah. Big role. The badass. Yeah. The big role. You're like a big role, unlike your role. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So the other things that I found, I also did Enchanted Sleeping Beauty, and that was in. 2002. So this is freshman year of high school. Okay. And were they having these, you the be audience the person that like, slept? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the person that slept, aka Sleeping Beauty. This, the audience, like, there were like two weekends worth of multi-day performances. That was like a thing. Okay. <laughs> I remember Sleeping Beauty specifically because this was a musical and I am just not the best Singer. singer yeah and i remember in order to audition for these things you would go up in front of everyone else who was there to audition, to audition. and some people were really freaking good i'm sure sleeping beauty was great me not so much and also i have like kind of a lower voice and i could never hit any of the like mm. Sleeping Beauty notes, notes. <laughs> sleeping <Yeah>. notes, <laughs> the, the sleeping notes. So I was Blue Witch. Ooh, Blue Witch was the head of the witches. Pretty sure I was the head of the witches because I was the tallest one. Uh, <laughs> but also, this is where uh, I met Art School Boy, and he was the chef. <laughs> uh, and then also we have Rumpelstiltskin is my name. From 2003. So this was sophomore year. Wow. So I was like doing you this do- in high school. Art school boy was also in this particular play. He was captain from chef to captain. So I was doing the stuff and doing it in, in high school, but not doing it so much with Grimsley until 2003 when Bye Bye Birdie was our musical Classic. choice. I feel like... The musicals we did in high school, Bye Bye Birdie, Oklahoma, like, can we get more original? Is that, I mean. Those are classics. I know, but like, is that a thing? Like, I thought that high schools were all like euphoria now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like, that, where was our euphoria on stage sex? <laughs> where was the sex? I wasn't good at singing and I was closeted, but I would have been great at the sex at scenes. simulated sex scenes. Yeah.
I wanted to talk a little bit about the the center of the drama club, which was under the stage. Did you ever go under the stage? I think I went under the stage once. There was a room down there that the room where they taught drama. Okay, where you could take it as a class. Okay, what was under there? Was it like a it dungeon? Was so drama kid. It was so like. No one paid for the furniture, but they just, like, dragged it in from other places. It had that vibe where, like, it wasn't a casting couch. It was, like, a couch with holes that was, like, corduroy and, like, was missing a cushion. And you know drama kids had, like, gross-ass sex on it and and weren't talking about it. And, like, that was the vibe of under there. And there was one teacher who taught drama and English and was, like, the head of the drama club. That was his room. And come to think, like, what, how weird is that? This guy, like, was under the stage. <laughs> he was just always under the stage in this, like, sex couch, dirty area. In the sex den. Like, yeah. te- teaching English. And He uh, taught English from that room. I believe so. I believe he didn't go to a more proper English room. He <laughs> went, He stayed under the stage. And I remember the odd thing about it was that it was intimidating for some reason. Because I think that there are older people in drama club. And, you know, you always have the, like, stars of your school. You have the guy and the girl who are the best at acting and singing who always get the main roles and everything. But then you also have, like, I don't even think that they were cool drama kids, but just, like, older kids who represented, like, kind of who you wanted to be. The ones having sex on the couch. (laughs) You know? They were more mature, more comfortable. They were... Yeah. They just didn't seem... They were cool. They didn't give much of a shit. They just seemed cool. And so I just remember it being, like, a really confusingly intimidating, dirty, weird (laughs) space down there. But I just recalled it because I was like, that's weird. It's weird that, like, there was a world under the stage. Yeah. So back to the auditioning of it all. I said that for City Theater, you auditioned in front of everybody. Same for Grimsley, except for it was worse. You have to go up on stage to audition and you audition in front of everyone else who is auditioning. And if you're bad, like I was, and you can't really hit any notes, it's even more excruciating. Yeah. And also this idea of auditioning in front of people is, that's not something I've actually had to ever do. Tell me about, okay, because all of your auditions have been essentially just taped. Taped or or on Zoom, live on, I've had some in-person auditions, but it's not like there is like my competitors yeah. are in the room but aren't they usually like in the hallway or in the waiting room in my you? in my experiences they're because again of the pandemic they're not allowing 10 people in the hallway oh. there's like one person maybe and so okay. i don't give a shit about one person yeah 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 <laughs> but if i had 20 other people watching me who all like kind of look like you who all look <laughs> like me it would be ridiculous in fact to that story, I did an audition for a commercial once where I, I had to be like a school administrator. I was waiting in my car and I got there early, of course, because sure. <laughs> anxiety. Be punctual. And I saw all the other school administrators go in and I kid you not, they all looked the same. Yeah. They were all wearing, again, a skirt suit. They had a leather folio in their hand, a short haircut. And pearl earrings. I was dressed like a cool administrator. Didn't get the <laughs> Didn't job. Didn't get the job. I was going to say. <laughs> but 
They could pick me out of the lineup because I look different from everyone. Wow, I wonder if they Googled and, a, and an image popped up and they were all like, yeah, that first image, that's what I'm going for. But the, the truth is they all looked like a school administrator too. I don't even know what that means. What is a school imagine, administrator? Imagine one of the teachers or like the vice principal in the bus parking lot at the end of the school day. They have they have a lot of keys in their hand. Yes, the keys. They have a lot of keys. There's probably a lanyard attached to you it. You should have brought keys to the audition. I should have brought that, keys. That's the key. Just jangle those keys. <laughs> Just slightly jangle. <laughs> Everyone's nostalgia is going back, and they're like, that's the one. Fuck the pearl <gasps> earrings. It's the keys for me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the only person who hears me audition is Zach and yeah. Keshmesh, my dog. See, even that gives me anxiety though it's uncomfortable i don't but like taking I, a phone call in front of people that gives much me anxiety. less yeah i've had to get used to that taking phone calls in front of everything people? again like zach and i work from the same we work in this we work in the kitchen together basically but you you don't sing you're not auditioning for musicals no yeah no. Ooh. no you soon maybe one day have you guys heard my voice Um, so I want to know with these plays, were you doing them? Were you building towards something in college? Like, did you know? No, this this was just like a fun, fun thing. This was a like, no part of me was like, and then I'm going to be an actress or like, I can't wait to be on Broadway. (laughs) Oh, that's the other thing is like, I can't dance. Like dancing choreography. What can you do? <laughs> Why were you in these plays? You can do something. Because they're just like, they include everyone. That's my takeaway. You know, Some I, people didn't get to sing anything. But uh, yeah, I think it was because they were like, ah, she tried. She tried. She's here. She showed up on the sex couch. We might as well bring her in. I think it's very cool that you did. You did something without the intention of like it meaning much more than fun. Oh, just having a good time. And yeah. and to the non-musical point, that's when I had the most fun because we did Our Town, again, genius play. But whenever there wasn't singing, I'd always wind up getting a larger role because okay. they were like, whew. Because you did regular, um, exactly, regular yeah. theater. Yeah, so I was Rebecca Gibbs in Our Town. It's been a while, Rebecca Gibbs fans. Um, and then the most fun thing that we ever did uh, was the kids who were actually in drama class, which I never took, they were assigned to be directors of their own short plays. And they got got to cast, you know, from from the school for their short plays. And so I did a play called Sure Thing by David Ives. And it's really actually cool. It's about this guy and this girl who are meeting for the first time, and it's just a two-person play, and the guy opposite me was leading man who happened to be the male star of all of our stuff. And uh, the play is essentially like they sit down at a table, they start talking. Every time one of them says something that's like negative or would send them in the wrong direction, you hear a bell, and the conversation starts like back in time a little bit Hmm. but it's just the two of them talking at a table um and it was really fun and the 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 trippiest thing was that you'd have to remember what part of the conversation you were supposed to go back to whenever the bell rang so like it was a lot of repeating the same parts but in slightly different ways 
throughout the that's the smart thing. yeah and that was the most fun i think i i ever really had on stage and also it was the one show that i remember people coming to and like actually talking to me afterward friends i mean people yeah. came to all these things but you know <laughs> um my last thing that i ever did was a musical called honk which is a not classic choice <laughs> I think maybe it's like the Ugly Duckling story. Okay. And I'm just sketching based on the artwork on this pamphlet. Um, and again, it's a musical. So I had a small part, but this was through the city. So it was like their big production, uh, production of, yeah. the, of the year. And this was the summer after junior year or some somewhere around there. And this was the coolest because the other people in the play were all adults. And there were a lot of um, college students that were in it. Ooh. Yeah, girl. So the weekends of, and there's so many rehearsals, blah, blah, blah. But the weekends involved other stuff, if you know what I mean. And oh by that, God. I mean alcohol and parties. And I slept on a roof one time <gasps> in Greensboro, North Carolina. Yeah. This was like the UNCG uh, drama kids. Yeah. A lot of hippies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of outdoor life. It was, yes, it was very much like drama kids who drank and hung out in dirty houses with dirty sex couches. <laughs> there was so much corduroy in that time. Yes. And, and it was all falling apart and there was poofs coming out of everything and poofs coming out of other things. Oh. <laughs> so is there any part of you, when you look back on these like, <laughs> these moments when college you're hanging out with college kids as a high schooler yeah where you're like huh, huh that's weird it's better <laughs> it's a little questionable what part that they the were the statutory out part no i think i was i must have been 18 okay and they were like you know freshmen and yeah so, like we were only a couple of years apart got it there was a drama teacher at another school that, that we maybe should not get into okay. for legal reasons, but uh, not with me, but with the star <gasps> of their school who had braces. Who had braces? The star did or the teacher? <laughs> the star did. Oh my God. Yeah. I was think it we found were out there today, but yes, it was. Oh, okay. So, yeah. It's all public drama. domain. It's. <laughs> I did I did have a lot of fun nights hanging out with that particular teacher and crew. And then after the fact, I was like, that's weird. That's so weird. That's weird. But you know what? On all of these shows that are about like the, the drama kids or the singing kids, yeah. the teachers are really young. I think she was young. She wasn't that young. Oh, it was a she with a he? Braces? It was, oh, it was a she with a he. Oh, I was really imagining the other one. And it was a she one. giving me some like interesting she, she vibes. vibes. Because it was a she, you know what? This is, maybe I buried this. It was a she, and there was alcohol involved. <gasps> okay. Oh, my God. Why did I bury this? No one gives a shit about everything else I was talking about. I should talk about how I drank alcohol with a teacher from another school. Who was later found to be preying on a male student. With braces. I wonder if he had those little rubber band things. Remember? Oh, absolutely. That actually was that was his key talent. That's why he was the star. What do you call that? The mouth to- <laughs> mouth guitar, like ding, 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 ding. He could play. He could play the mouth uh, guitar mouth and guitar. sing. And so she was well, like, "Well, I get the appeal. I get the." <laughs> she was like, "Give it to me, braces well, boy." I did not know. I did not know that that kind of thing happened in Greensboro. Yeah. 
Oh, wait, those were my alternative friends. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So you just left theater world behind after after high school? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I didn't do anything in college. I don't know why. I think just because it was a fun thing and then there's no fu- no time for fun it gets when you more, grow up. Yeah, when you get um, grow up. I feel like but, when you do things in college, it also feels more serious. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I would love to do, like, something theater-based. I'm not— Really? I think that there's obviously a huge difference between what you do and acting for camera and then theater. And in my mind, theater's so fun and big. And, like, the other great thing about— um, which you do get from, like, doing a TV show or something like that is that the group of people becomes so—the cast becomes so tight. Yeah. And I remember the very first time—the the Alice in Wonderland, I remember the rap party. I remember driving away from the rap party. I mean, I wasn't driving. I was sitting in the back seat. <laughs> in the back seat. I wasn't even old enough to sit in the front seat. But I remember just bawling because oh. I was like, oh, my God, this fun time period of my life with all these people is gone and it's never coming back and that's kind of how you feel after Mm -hmm. the close of each one of the things you're like man that's never happening again i believe that i mean i've felt that from like a three-day experience not to that intensity but it is a really special thing how like 20 to plus people come together to create this one moment they work they bust their asses and then it just it just disappears yeah but the sex couches stay. <laughs> so I said at the top of the show, you know, the reason that I got into acting all the way back then, but you're in act in acting now. <laughs> so I'm in it. I'm in it. <laughs> so how like what made you go into acting? We kind of did this role reversal in a lot of ways. Like I'm guessing it totally. wasn't because you just had so much energy that your parents needed you to put somewhere else. <laughs> It's funny. My parents still have a lot to do with what I do today. They're very involved in my life. But um, no, yeah, I did a hard left turn. I was working at a university. I was doing management consulting before. So acting was a surprise to all. But I have, I think I've always been a bit of a performer, especially in my family. I'm the middle child. So there's always this expectation that like, I bring people together. And my way of doing it was like, breaking the tension with humor or playing the piano to distract people or just like making a goof of myself. But it was, acting wasn't something that even was an option to me. Like it just, Iranian people didn't act, which is totally untrue. Like there's actually an amazing film, (laughs) film culture in, in Iran, but just, you know, immigrant parents not into, not into acting and its instability. But A few years ago, a couple of friends of mine from college, we decided to write a short film and produce it. And that was my first experience acting. Was it because your friends were in film or like, was it you saying, I want to do this or? Yeah. So I, I was really like chomping at the bit for something creative and I wanted to do something on video, but I thought I wanted to be like an interviewer, like a talk show host. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I just wanted to work on something. Uh, And one of my friends was at Tish and the other was similarly interested in doing something on camera. Um, So we just decided at a wedding, we were like, you want to do this? Should we do this? Yeah, let's do this. And we wrote like a dramedy uh, 
thing and um writing it and shooting it and acting in it was just god it was like something came like it's so cheesy but something literally i was turned on yeah it was a discovery moment it was like you were like oh my god this is this is i've like was it like i've never felt this there's like a spark there it was like a flame it was a raging flame (laughs) It was a raging flame. <laughs> <laughs> raging flame. Um, yeah, but it was it was totally one of these discovery moments of realizing, whoa, this is something that I am having so much fun doing. Of course, even at that point, I didn't realize it could become a profession. But it was it was the it's the beginning of a few year, maybe a couple year like journey of me realizing that no, I really wanted to do something very creative. I wanted to do this at a professional level. And if I was going to try it, I needed to do it now because I feel like life, responsibilities, all of that stuff just gets harder and more complicated. And so I have a very supportive husband, Zach, who was like just cheering me on from the beginning saying like, this is something you should do. And I thought it was so wild and crazy. But um, yeah, it took me some time to to go for it but when i did about a year or so ago it's just felt exactly right but also really freaking hard so we you know it, it's not all it's not all happy stories the path has been very difficult and a totally totally like humbling experience but man imagine if i had come to this much earlier in life when you did i don't know i i think about that i wonder like i wish what if I had also done theater in school or did things like you did just for the fun of it, not yeah. because like meant something. So I well, you're doing, I'm it doing it now. You're doing it now. I'm doing it now. And that's what matters. Um, I did forget to tell you about my I said that I left acting behind, which is true for the most part. But I had this very L.A. experience when I first moved here, like 13 or so years ago that I thought maybe that you would you would get a kick out of. So I, you know, I've always had an interesting uh, sense of style, and perhaps it's been toned down over the years. But when I first moved to L.A., it was at arguably its, its peak moment, and I'm talking about... It was um, at a 10. <laughs> it was, it was uh, bandanas around the neck when it was the, the first wave. Uh, it was suspenders checkered shirt like mismatched patterns uh but like very costumey and every single okay. outfit that i wore was like had an element of costume to it and you know i'm i i tend to dress more masculine than feminine so everything was costumey and like could also be on a, a guy um and I'm just telling you this to, like, give you a picture of what I, I looked like at this time. And there was always a hat or something involved. Obviously. And I lived in Echo Park at the time. And uh, I was with a friend. And I went into Two Boots Pizza, which is just a, a pizza place, to to get a slice of pizza. And there was a, a woman in line who started talking to me. And she was like, you know, I uh, do costuming wardrobe for a TV show and I really like your look. And we're actually trying to 
cast someone for a role in a band. Do you play any instruments? And I was like, I don't really play any instruments. Like, I can play a few chords on the guitar. I can pretend enough, but that's all. And she's like, that's all you have to do. It's just pretend. And I was like, okay. She She was like, let me give you my phone number and I'll let the producers know that, like, I think that you're the perfect look for this role and you can come in and read for it. And I was like, I don't know. Like, everyone's always making something in L.A. I don't know who this woman is. I don't know if this is a real thing. But at the time, I I was an assistant at a, a, a production company. And it's not like I had, um, you know, I wasn't producing anything. And uh, I was, it, that wasn't my dream job by any means. So I texted this woman and she gave me the information of of where to go. And it turned out that she was the wardrobe person on the remake of 90210. And so, oh my gosh. That's amazing. So I was like, oh, okay, this isn't like a student film or something weird. This is like a big TV show. And they were shooting uh, at the studios in Manhattan Beach, which is quite a drive from anywhere else in LA. But I was texting with her and she was like, hey, I heard that you didn't show up for the first round of auditions and they're doing callbacks today. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't know that I had missed the first round. And I was at work as an assistant and uh, I decided like, okay, I could either go and audition for 90210 or I could finish out my day as an assistant here and I just made this. Please tell the me deci- you made the yep, right decision. I made the decision to say, like, I got to go. And I left the Hollywood office. is calling, baby. <laughs> and I went down to uh, Manhattan Beach. And uh, I went and I read for the producers and the director. And it, and? it didn't go well. I was not in 90210. <laughs> but I think that might be for the best. I think that I landed somewhere <laughs> great. But now I have a story to say that I I auditioned for 90210. You had a major audition. Yes. And what a compliment that somebody saw you in the wild. Yeah. And just like was like, this is the look. What would you be called on this show? Probably like cool girl number one. Yeah. I don't I don't even rocker girl number two. Did you um I didn't watch any of the remake of 90210. I don't know any of the storylines. I saw some of the remake. I couldn't tell you much about it, but it was kind of gave me like OC vibes. Well, I could have been the girl in the band playing the guitar and it was uh, <sighs> it could have really just changed the trajectory of my life. But alas, totally. I know it's been a while since you've done a play, but do you want to do a dramatic reading of Sure Thing? Yes, I'm prepared for I will reprise my role as Betty. You can be Bill. OK, do you come in here a lot every once in a while? Do you? Not so much anymore. Not as much as I used to before my nervous breakdown. Ding! Do you come in here a lot? Why are you asking? Just interested. Are you really interested or do you just want to pick me up? No, I'm real interested. Why would you be interested in whether I come here a lot? Just getting acquainted. Maybe you're only interested for the sake of making small talk long enough to ask me back to your place to listen to some music. Or because you've just rented some great tape for your VCR. Or because you've got some terrific, unknown Django Reinhardt record. Only all you really want to do is fuck! That's crossed out and it says have sex. 
Oh my god! Only all you really want to do is fuck, is what the script says. But this I guess we like said this. all you all you really want to do is have sex. Only all you really want to do is fuck, which you won't do very well. After which you'll go into the bathroom and pee very loudly, then pad into the kitchen and get yourself a beer from the refrigerator without asking me whether I'd like anything. And then you'll proceed to lie back down beside me and confess you've got a girlfriend named Stephanie who's away at medical school in Belgium for a year and that you've been involved with her on and off in what you'll call a very intricate relationship for about seven years. I don't like that None of which interests me, mister. If she doesn't go... If she goes to medical school in Belgium and wants to come back to be with him, she's going to have to do her medical license all over again in order to be valid in the United States. This is this is just unbelievable. I'm no, 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 please don't proceed. This is not going well. But you can see see what I had to do as an actor is I had to cross out fuck and put have sex there. And then I had to own it. And then I had to talk about There's so much highlighting VCR. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there were only two of us. Yeah. But can you imagine me as Betty sitting at this table talking to a Bill about having sex with him and a beer from the refrigerator? We were like, what, 17 at this point? I have no idea. What did this even mean? Only all you really want to do is fuck, which you won't do very well. What do you mean? What After does that mean? Which, that means she's... No, this part. After which you'll go to the bathroom and pee very loudly and then pad into the kitchen... I didn't know. I had no idea what the hell that was supposed to mean. Like, did this man just like peeing loudly? I don't know. I I just don't. It checks out with high school literature. Like all of the books that we read were about adult matters that we had no like concept of. Yeah. Like the awakening. How did I even play that? How could I even imagine a man having sex with me and then going and peeing loudly and then going for a beer in the kitchen? I had to really channel it. And yeah. I did, and I was great. And that's the um that's where we'll end it. Uh and I think you can tell via this episode how great I was. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Best Friends Back. All right. You know who I think would actually be a good actor? Maybe he was an actor in high school, is Trevor from Trevor Talks Too Much, a ah. podcast you might be interested in listening to if you're listening to me talk right now about that podcast podcast. There are new episodes every Tuesday. He's a real cutie pie, and he talks to other cutie pies. So check it out. And you can catch brand new episodes of this show every Friday. Make sure to follow so you don't miss one. If you're enjoying the podcast, leave us a review. And if you're not, you don't have to do that. Please don't do that. You can follow at Mythical Pods on TikTok for clips to share with family and friends. And follow Nagin at Nagin. And follow me everywhere at Stevie W. Levine. And of course, you can hear me every Monday through Friday on Good Mythical Morning with Brett Link at youtube.com slash goodmythicalmorning. I'll see you there.